Hey guys. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going very good. Mm. But yeah, really nice to have Radar on the call. Uh, I'd love to know, like, or at least have people know more about Radar, what you guys are doing, because I feel like it's a really unique community and uh, people should explore it and join it and see how they can contribute. Uh, but the last time I talked to you, I remember you talked about Radar and, and, and some of the goals. Like, how are things going since then? Like, I've seen, like, a lot of, like, traction and, and just the design looks, like, beautiful. Yeah, shout out to Domingo in the audience there. Um uh, repping the the radar branding all the way um yeah yeah no it's 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 been great um i mean we're so excited to have kicked off and we um you know it was a small kind of community of like 34 of us or 30-ish people that we worked together in our preseason and um mm -hmm. and kind of you know collectively built out the strategy across like four workshops um and now it's just really exciting to start kind of sharing that more with the world and getting what you know what i call community market fit which is like your next however many members in our our case kind of looking for like roughly a hundred you know amazing inspiring curators discoverers to build that next layer um of of radar um so yeah it feels like it's in a perfect moment to you know to talk about it now and also to to share it and kind of distribute this idea with um with the wider wider web3 ecosystem and also you know many researchers innovators strategists explorers um in web2 because that's actually mm -hmm. an audience where we're wanting to tap into and be really clear that radar isn't just you know for web3 discoveries and web3 alpha and we don't want everything to have that lens so it's been really exciting to actually unearth people who are navigating web3 and kind of go lower and be deeper and be like hey no what are you interested in outside of web3 like what what do you what do you also like really care about other than just like navigating this kind of new economy and new world so so yeah it's been great it's a it's a really exciting um time and the community is just awesome as as you all know with coinvice it's just so sweet when you get a group, great great group of people together yeah, definitely. We're, we're always here. I mean, uh, we're building some, a few stuff, but uh, our team is always available. Uh, you guys, especially like for me, um, when we were starting out uh, in the very early days, you guys were sort of adopted it and gave us a chance. And uh, I really like sort of cherish that sort of early support that I've, we've gotten. So always here. Um, but one thing that stood out to me was uh when you said community market fit and i'm always curious yeah. to know like what that means to everybody because everybody sort of has like a, a different definition or notion of what it means to achieve community market fit and in startups it's like you know there's ways where you can say okay if you reached 1 million arr you've reached product market fit or mm -hmm. there's different ways of calculating product market fit and a lot of like founders always optimize that their company goes to a point where they're post product market fit so that they can establish a strong presence in the market i guess like how do you define for communities like what is community market fit and at what point can you say that the kind of impact that a community has made has achieved to a point where it can almost like self-sustain or mm. go up to a point where it can like live for a few years which is a bit higher than the lifespan of a i guess an average community but yeah i'm curious like how do you think about that yeah i think there's a couple of things you've you've hit on really nice there i think for us it's about like finding members who um 
meaningfully engaging with this because they've almost right. been looking for this and it, it hasn't it hasn't existed and so you know you could show this to a thousand people and mm-hmm. 80, 80 might go yeah i might yeah this sounds great i want to get involved but for like 15 or 20 there'll be a real moment mm-hmm. where they're like oh i get this like i understand it i don't just think it's cool or i think it's like a gimmick but there's something that kind of gets sticky in their brain and they're like hey there's a deeper level here And so for me, community market fit is when you establish that group that is like they really meaningfully believe in it um, beyond like, you know, a token or beyond like a gimmick or beyond the novelty of something new. But they're like, I this is something I've been looking for. Um, And I think that's slightly different to to product market fit, where it's like something we need or something that's useful or something that's entertaining. This is almost like something that people are like. I was looking for this and it, I didn't have it. And now I, a community mm-hmm. around me has found it. And so that, that is the social connection there that's, that's slightly different. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, a shout out to Adam Levy, our brother who just joined. Thank you for coming in. Um, that's pretty interesting because I've been talking to a lot of communities and it's really hard for them to navigate what community market fit even means. And even right now when I've, I talk to like, potential people that where we talk about what is the future of DAO tooling, one of the most like prominent questions do we get is that X number of tokens are minted on Coinwise and X number of communities uh, are there today. And out of those DAOs or communities, how many of these communities are actually survived after a certain point? And some of these communities are meant to be almost like disposable so that you know, a group of people get together, they uh, achieve a goal, they set a timeline of, let's say, three to six months, everybody sort of works towards that. And once it's done, you just all like part ways, uh, whereas some other communities are like maybe built for a more long term goal where it's meant. Uh, and I think a great example of that is Ethereum community. I think that has been living for over almost uh, seven, eight years. But even expanding that further, what do you think are like some metrics that you know people should look for when they're at least bootstrapping their DAO on how they could, they could get to a point where they can say that okay we've we've made it or we've made it to a point where we can now graduate to a phase where we can do like a season two or a season three or even do like a treasury diversification round because it's really hard to like figure out uh, in DAOs like how much. You've made it because it's so contextual. Every DAO has a different definition of what impact means, right? I yeah, I love that question. I think it's it's so meaningful because everyone's trying to establish like when is a good phase to transition, you know? Right. And so you know, when do you move from your strategy stage to your kind of like incubation stage and like grow the different, you know, working groups? It's like, hey, when do we bring in these working groups? And I don't think there's any one size fits all because communities don't behave like that but what i love is that you know you talked about communities don't always need to exist like eternally like they can you know be transitional they can be transient they can kind of live and die based on their purpose and so i think when you build that roadmap for like new communities emerging communities what was amazing for radar was like building that roadmap and knowing where our what our mission was and then i think a good metric is like how many members you know how much contribution churn there is so how many members turn up to your events your sessions you know and how do you have one-to-one relationships or meaningful connections to all of those members so for for radar um the first 34 members were all onboarded one-to-one through me 
Um, you know, these were relationships that I built up over the last, you know, year or so. And so what was really powerful and, and lovely to see was that people were turning up to kind of connect with each other, connect to the project. And um, something that I did for Radar at the beginning, which I don't think people do enough in some ways, is I asked for a kind of minimum expectation. So a minimum viable expectation. I was like, so that no one's disappointed, you know, what we hope mm -hmm. is that before you jump in and click this link and agree to, you know, do your intro, do you have bandwidth for one hour a week? You know, just one session to turn up, to meaningfully contribute, to build. And then from there, you can choose whether you want to take on more work, you want to like, you know, be on the sidelines, you want to just vibe in the Discord. But I think that, you know, a minimal expectation is just a really nice way to know whether you've then achieved that kind of community market fit or you're ready to transition because people will be fulfilling that roadmap that you've created and they'll be turning up on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, that mm -hmm. doesn't apply to every community, but I think it's a great is a great metric to have is like how you know when i was working out um initial token allocation or distribution for the preseason one of the things i did was i multiplied some numbers by a vibe multiplier and an intention multiplier mm -hmm. and um vibe multiplier was like how much energy and momentum are you bringing into the community like you're responding to right. comments you're welcoming people you're like you know bouncing ideas off and then the intentionality one was like how clear is it that you're here for you know six months a year like how how much are you building this infrastructure that believes you'll follow through and so um you know these are all good indicators and kind of metrics of like when you have this group that you're ready to say okay it's strong enough now we've delivered on that roadmap and now we're ready to kind of share this with the world and get more people in because every person that comes in almost dilutes that you know that um that connectivity between these these initial members with more members and so it is it's important to be thoughtful in in that process yeah um definitely i do agree and, and even like uh to add on to that i think like the way i look at it is that initially when you are like allocating tokens and doing an airdrop everything is just so high energy like the energy is there um and with communities, when you do like a token drop and, and launch it and, and just announce it, there's naturally people that are going to come in, they're going to explore. But once you go past that hype phase or just like energy phase, how do you have or how do you continue to have people like keep participating in your Discord? Like at what point does your Discord go on mute? And if like people are like you're able to like retain members again and again and they keep coming back to you i feel like that's a that's a huge achievement which a lot of DAOs like miss out on because after like three or six months when when those phases are over how do you continue to maintain that level of activity that you want from people so i really like that um curious like with like let's just talk about radar now and I, i'd like everybody to know what radar is can you give us like maybe like a brief uh history or like how you came up with radar what radar is and what were sort of the early like decisions that you made when you were bootstrapping this community? Because one of the key questions that, you know, people when they're bootstrapping their community that they face is like, oh, how do I do, I do my airdrop or whether you should gate to your community or you should not gate your community? It's just so like now that we see a lot of these examples, things get, get complicated like really, really fast. So how did you go about building Radar, what it is and what are some things that were helpful to you?
Yeah, it's so funny. I realized, we, yeah, we've been chatting and I didn't even do like an intro to the project. So that's <laughs> yeah. communica- communication 101, guys. Um, no, so, so um, you know, uh, it, it, basically what Radar is, is it's an insight and foresight community. You know, currently we have um, lots of, you know, futures companies that help people understand and navigate what might happen in the future. And so what Radar is, is it's a a decentralized version of that. It's an ability for, you know, anyone from any place with any background to come and help um, curate and showcase and predict the futures they believe and want to see in the world. Um, So we call it a futures DAO. um, And the emphasis for Radar is to really actually bring the voices of those who are living and breathing the trends to the forefront so that they are the ones who can actually present them. Because currently the way that a lot of this industry is made up is that the observers are the ones that actually tell the story of those who are living and breathing culture. And we wanna actually flip down its head and make the innovators and the early adopters and the trend makers, the true kind of voices of futures, and then bring like a strategy and a narrative and a communications layer around that so that we just help translate those stories and what's really interesting about where radar's going and the ambition for the community is that when you understand you know possible futures when you understand where culture could be going there's really exciting opportunities for then how you can support uh, the futures you want to see so you know an example of this we give is that when we create reports or when we write articles you know, if we do a trend report and we say, hey, here's a future that we believe is going to happen, then the next question comes of kind of like, well, go on then, test it, like find out if that future you believed in is going to become true. And so what we are aiming to do in the future is incubate those futures by bringing people together, putting grants behind them, allowing, you know, innovators to go and prototype, explore, create stories, you know, um, speculate around what if that future was true what products might we need what you know communities might form what problems might we face um because a lot of the time in the current way the industry is set up the report is created and then it's handed over to a brand or an organization and there it sits you know the innovators who influenced it the speakers the originators the you know everyone who crafted that report then has no control over what happens to it. It's now in the hands of an organization, uh, a brand that can choose to do and interpret it however they want. Another just important thing to mention about the ethos of, of Radar is like a lot of the time we see it across wider culture, it's the curators that actually, you know, receive the most value for curating and deciphering and, you know, bringing through info, insights and foresight and discoveries. And we really believe that not only should it be the curators that receive value, but also the originators, because I've seen it a million times. Someone's quoted or, you know, even someone's retweeted or shared on Twitter. And that original person's like lost in the background and fades, you know, fades to black. Um, And so what we're really interested in is being able to track back those trends and look at those originators, champion them too, as well as the kind of curators who tell their story share it with you know mainstream culture and just protect um you know ideas because that's the most interesting thing is how these ideas move through culture 
um, how they shift, how they flow, how people adopt them. Um, so yeah, we're, we're super excited about that. To your second question, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, we were really thoughtful about the, the membership, um, not only in terms of like bringing people in and the way that that happened, but also like the initial diversity of the group. And it's been, you know, really um, conscious to um, make sure that initial founding group of Radar is ethnically diverse, gendered, balanced, um, you know, in skills and interest based, you know, diversity, neurodiversity, um, age diversity as best we can. That's one we're definitely working on now. But it's like that, I think, has been the most fundamental for me personally, uh, foundation of radar because it's so easy in this space to suddenly drift towards you know a heavy male skew or a particular approach or a particular mindset which isn't bad it's perfect for DAOs that you know exist in that nature or want to create those communities um you know those safe spaces for anyone to exist in but for radar we were really intentional about trying to make it as balanced as we could um, and I think that would personally be my number one um, advice to anyone building a community actually is like, look at your mission, look at what you're trying to achieve. And then right. be really thoughtful about those first members that come in because they're your building blocks. Like that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, once, once they're there, that's kind of how you move. So, um, you know, currently we don't have a token We're no, we do have a token. We're not token gated. Um, so the community is not token gated. It's, Gated with a bot that we built. Discord, and if you proved through the application process, you can join. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a couple of notes that I would just have. I'd follow up with any questions if I missed anything specific. I I think like um, Jack, especially building Protein and Radar. I think he has. I have a lot of respect because you, you have figured out a way to build community in ways that. You know, it's really difficult to do. So if, there, if you guys have any questions around community building, I know I could uh, have lots of them, but uh, to keep things within time, I'll let Gian take over from here and uh, ask any questions about Radar. But I, what I really like about you is, is initially when Radar launched, I think it was pretty open and um, there was a way for people to explore and see. Uh, and I think the most important thing that Radar did was created like a fertile ground for people to create like uh, ideas. And it wasn't like forcing members down a specific path, which a lot of times it does happen when you bootstrap a new community with like a specific goal. Um, but having like a space where people can just flourish with their own ideas and create subgroups and just let them build it and allocate the right capital to it. I think that's very, very powerful. So uh, with that being said, Gian, uh, take it away. Thank you, buddy. Speak soon. Yeah, so Radar is happening and you, applications are currently open. So I want to know like how, like in the past, what happened was, you know, you had one-on-ones with people when it comes to like joining Radar. With the application process right now um, being open to the public, is the situation still the same that they still have to go through like a one-on-one -on -one with somebody from the team or something? So how can people get involved at the moment? Yeah, 100%. Um, so at the moment, there's an application form and then you share it um, at the end of this. Um, you will then, once you've gone through the screener, if you know if it's a right time for you to join Radar now, you're jumping in. What we try and do is 
try and like bring you through and help you understand and show you the wiki and like bring you to a few places within the community. And then the next stage is to essentially get to a trend town hall where we work together and discuss some potential signals we've been seeing in this court, signals we've been seeing in wider culture. And then um, that allows us to start, you know, finding where our interests are as individual members. And so it's kind of a really nice onboarding process. And if you then start contributing, you move into like a second role, which is we've defined as like a futurist. And it gives you the opportunity to start, you know, proposing articles. Um, and all of this is in our research process that we're, you know, currently creating now. So a lot of these models haven't 100% been like tested yet um, for us, um, but we're really excited to do them. And actually following this uh, call, we've got our one of our signal sessions with our town hall, which will be defining our first collaborative article. Um, and that's something I love to do as well. Like, I think it's really important to end a town hall on something like interactive and engaging. And for us, it's like, hey, what have the community pulled out as interesting this week? Let's all work now collectively to pad that out with more references, more discoveries, blah, blah, blah. And so that's a really nice way for like a new member to kind of get up to speed with the vibe, the way we share things, the way we talk about them. Um, and yeah like i said previously you know at the moment a lot of the members are coming are coming through referrals so it's now not a one-to-one -one with me but instead one of the members we already have will say like here's a great person i like them and we've got a, a specific channel to share that person and then we'll be like yeah fire away like do the intro and that person will you know the member will speak to them tell them about radar and then get them to apply and so you know our intention is to create a really high touch um, onboarding experience and once you know the member enters the community they receive like an onboarding pack so they can like flick through and understand the community in like 10 slides um, and we just think that's a really nice way to kind of get to grips with you know five things you can do straight away when you come into the community that that create value for yourself and also for um the whole community yeah uh i actually remember like recently after like uh, the first town hall um immediately off the bat after everything was discussed the next thing we did was a miro board where people can <laughs> share their ideas and i'm like what okay yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do something immediately because like usually when it comes to town halls it's really just updates on like um what the DAO or the community is is currently you know what they're up to but yeah i i, re I was really caught off guard in a good way <laughs> with like how interactive the second part of the <laughs> of the town hall is and yeah i really like that that it pushes more activity with like new members because like when whenever i tell people to like you know hop on a discord even if it's like open to the public it's usually like i just tell them that hey find out what you can do and help out when you join a town hall but it's not really you know something that is this interactive so i really like that <laughs> really really something new that i've 
experienced in the community or like in the space as a whole. So yeah, I really like that. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I think I think it doesn't <laughs> scale. I think it doesn't scale very well. That's the truth of it. I think like the more members you have, the harder it is to facilitate yeah. a session like that. But but it's still you know when it's small and it's intimate and you're trying to like you know get people to show up with intention that's why i always say to people i'm always like show up with you know if coffee if you need it show up with energy show up with vibes because it is you know domingo can speak to this but like it's fine to just sit there and listen but also you know chuck a opinion in or or da -da -da -da, because that's mm -hmm. the way you get to know people like so much quicker and and share your voice indeed I think I actually like left a note right there. I don't really remember like what happened because like I was in shock the whole time. But I think I remember the la the sticky note that I because <laughs> it's on Miro. I remember that the sticky note that I left was like the future is more inclusive or like something like that. So yeah, it really was an avenue for people to like get their thoughts in immediately i mean i didn't know anyone <laughs> except you in radar so yeah that really made me open up immediately um uh, yeah so i'm curious to know like because i sent out like a suggestion in the discord like who maybe would fit in the in radar or someone who might be interested in being a part of radar and i don't really know what to expect as well so what happens when i suggest a person that can possibly a member of radar yeah it's a great question so our first campaign which um was we used coinvice actually and the claims uh functionality or quest functionality to distribute tokens into the hands of more um, potential community members. So what we did was we, when you suggested um, your referral, we then found them on Twitter, uh, retweeted their um, content, which we thought was interesting. You know, if we show up to an account and there isn't actually any discoveries on there or any signals, then I'm not going to, you know, retweet or we're not going to retweet something for the sake. Of it. But when I did get to the account you referred, you know, I think I shared. I think I shared a. I think I shared a an ad blocker, a way to bake uh, anti data privacy hacking or something into your metadata when someone is tracking you, so that your URL shows up as like, uh, you know, essentially whatever you want it to say. And I saw that and I was like, whoa, that's really cool. So I retweeted <laughs> that. And then followed up with them in their DMs saying like, hey, we loved your signals, so we'd love you to be part of the community. And the first step of that is having some kind of, you know, say, some kind of ownership, some kind of asset, which gives you, um, you know, governance and allows you to become part of the community in a really meaningful way. So then um, that person would go to a Notion page, which we created, have some instructions on how to claim that from Coinvice, head over to Coinvice, connect their wallet. But I approve. And off we go. That person now has, you know, um, some of the signal token. They've meaningfully contributed already, and then we kind of help them, you know, onboard them through that process um, because now they kind of understand the behaviour that we're looking for from day one, which is um, awesome because you know 
certain things in communities you want to keep happening um you know it depends on each community is different but it's yeah that from like the second we're trying to um speak to people when they're referred is like bring them through that journey and help them understand what what kind of radar is about yeah i actually saw that radar co-tweeted i think or retweeted what my referral posted so i'm like oh shoot that happened okay cool <laughs> so i didn't know about the dm part like uh so apparent if we refer someone they already get in per some in some way because they're airdropped a token that's right like I think it's like the most meaningful way you can bring people into communities is through referrals mm -hmm. and through trusted networks. And because of the nature of like decentralized community and the fact you're wanting to create the strongest bonds and the most, you know, safest space, it, or I believe that's what you're trying to create. Is so referrals are really powerful. And so if someone refers someone else, they're kind of putting their own reputation on the line they're putting their own stake on the line and so yeah. you know under that banner i do always really appreciate and if someone is referred i really like meaningfully go and look and see you know just double check very slightly to make sure that person is um right for the community and then yeah for me it's a solid you know yes and they still have to fill out the application and um, every member has to fill out the application irrelevant and um, because it's really important like i said at the beginning for us to be able to balance you know the diversity of the community and make sure that you know we're approaching trends in a really objective way with lots of perspectives um and so yeah if all of that fits then the you know we can bring a new member in which is lovely and always exciting from a referral when people are like hey like oh my god you you know like you're my friend is here right that's what you want to create this is like digital spaces where all your friends are so uh, that's what we want radar to be is like loads and loads of you know twos and threes and groups of friends just kind of hanging out um, and, and talking about interesting futures. Gotcha. So I, as a member, can suggest basically anyone, but it doesn't really, not exactly, it doesn't matter, but it's more of like, it's verified that they can possibly be a member of, of Radar. So it doesn't really, um, it doesn't mean that if you know someone, you're automatically in, which I think is good because, like, it, mm. at the end of the day, it, it's still going to. We still have to filter out people in terms of like their if they want to be part of of radar or can actually fit in code and code in radar. Uh, yeah, that I mean, yeah, like like I said, I think it's it's just it's just good to get you know shared understanding and that often comes from um having meaningful relationships with other people so it's it's never an instant yes because like i said we're mm -hmm. we're trying to monitor you know everything but it really helps to you know to have networks that understand each other and our friends and building out these kind of sub relationships with each other gotcha so even if i'm a member i still have to be mindful of who the, who are the people that i suggest Although I do yeah. have that always in mind, <laughs> of course, I've got to take care of radar as well.
as a responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so protect protect at all costs. It's too innocent. It's still young. Still a young it's dad. Still young. <laughs> it's still an infant. <laughs> you mentioned that um people are given radar tokens immediately. And I'm curious like how does the token fit in like the whole picture of radar? Because like yeah we're we're working together in terms of like making researches, but like how how does the token enter the picture there? Yeah, no, this is super exciting. And this is something we're um, exploring kind of every day and, and starting to test and iterate on. So, you know, we'll have to check in again on this um, in a mm-hmm. couple of months to see it in action. The focus of the signal token, which is Radar's native token is, is really about like, governance over the trends that we choose to explore and so you know what our aim is is that this you know as the community starts to explore different futures and you know creates a report around i don't know let's say like exploration of like you know environmental technologies in x place in the world what we do is the research squads that start to form and explore these different possible avenues um, will then essentially propose those to be featured in the report. Um, and on a whole, most of them will. What the signal token does is kind of um, signal where the community thinks is the most interest to be bulked out within the report. So you can almost look at it as editorial curation. It's like the token is used to say, hey, this is a really interesting case study. You know, this is um, something which should have a double page spread or this is slightly less interesting or the community thinks that, you know, this part of the report should be bigger. And we can use that data within the report to kind of validate it and authenticate that, um, you know, the breakdown of the report in kind of post reflection. The other way the signal token is being um, used or being thoughtfully trying to be used is um through you know staking mechanics which is something we're exploring which is almost what we're calling like a proof of future what does it look like if you say a trend will exist or you discover something today or you pinpoint an amazing innovator or you establish that like you think this product's going to be the next big hit like how do you stake on that future to you know and in the future when it does become true you're rewarded for that early adoption or that foresight or that understanding of your space um so we're using it definitely through you know the forming of reports and the editorial curation and we're using it for like hey which you know which which um topic should we explore within this season um, but at a deeper level, we're kind of navigating these new ways to use the token, which is like, you know, how do I um, get rewarded for the insight that I have today in the future? Um, and that's still, we're, we're still figuring that out. But it's, in my opinion, something very exciting for us to be able to understand how trends move and also document those originators of the trends. Um, because, you know, if I find a project or I, I am the project and I say, I really believe in this, I'm going to stake on myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, if that vision happen, um, there's really exciting kind of possibilities for, for um, token futures there. Yeah. So, like, I can imagine it, like, if Radar existed like, back in 2017, it's like 
someone in the community is like going to suggest that we do something about web3 or like nfts and DAOs and crypto so they can basically like use their tokens to suggest that radar as a DAO can start checking it out and focusing mm. on writing it yeah gotcha exactly gotcha. Yeah, and it's like, where does the community want to spend their resource, right? Like, where do we want to spend our time? Where do we want to spend our energy? And not only that, but like, how do we want to, you know, um, fund these, um, you know, fund these futures we believe in? So hopefully at some point, the token will be used as a way to incubate these projects, you know, to set aside tokens for research, for exploration, for um, grants, for people to have, you know, basic income so that they can go and research under these topics so you know there's there's a lot to say in the future and in the roadmap i think for now the simplest way to look at it is like it's like a governance token that allows us to signal where we want to spend our research gotcha yeah that totally makes sense especially when like this is like case making except with tokens so <laughs> yeah I, I get it it's like voting not really voting but like you know how in like the billboard top 40 everyone's like one play is equal to one vote and then it goes up and up and i feel like that's kind of what's happening here in a way that you know what's gonna be like the next big hit when it comes to like life in general and not really just in tech or like in web three what kinds of researches or like topics is radar going to be like um focusing on is it something like that's focused actually in more on tech or is it anywhere in between like art life the way we live etc etc yeah so we've got currently um you know we're, we're iterating this editorial model but we've got like five trend pillars so we've got identity, health and wellness, tech, creative, and people and planet. And underneath those pillars sit like multiple topics. So for example, underneath identity, we have youth, belonging, heritage and legacy, self and beauty. And so what we're going to be exploring like as a collective is all of these topics that fit under those trend pillars. And then the trend pillars, um, you know, will be displayed on a platform which anyone can kind of navigate to and see those, like you were saying, those most interesting signals. So from the community, we'll be curating uh, the most interesting things to look at and displaying them publicly for people to see. And um, you're right, like it's not just Web3. I think we've been really intentional that we're <laughs> trying to explore loads of different topics. We've already been talking about like narcissism. We've been talking about like, you know, society these shifts in like the middle uh, curve mindset we've been talking about like beauty standards and how they're changing you know today we've just been talking about the news of Russia and Ukraine and the idea that all of that's being captured and streamed on TikTok and you know someone went into like a deep dive rabbit hole of like you know and shared like literally 15 uh, TikTok pieces of like all these different people recording this moment in history and then we just were kind of reflecting on what that means for historians in the future and what that means for um, the way that we're going to view this, you know, this this situation. And so it's everything from like things that are happening today to articles that happened, you know, 
um, years ago that people are resurfacing and saying, hey, this reminds me of this. Um, but I think, you know, at the moment, we'll see how the the community um, starts to be more active in certain areas because, you know, people will naturally gravitate towards um, different areas. I think we're getting a lot at the moment across the creative pillar um, and a lot across the people and planet pillar. So, you know, that's two really nice places to start. Yeah. Also, thank goodness this web tree project is not about web tree as a whole because <laughs> like i am so tired <laughs> so it's a refreshing thing to see in this space to see that oh, like, thank, hey. you, bud. <laughs> thank you it's like thank goodness we're like out of this you know headspace about web tree because like when i go to twitter everyone's talking about web tree and then we have communities like radar that's like that serves as a space to like remind us also that you know there are thing other things in life and not just web tree i think um one thing i've learned over the last like actually probably last week i've had a couple of conversations with people who have not navigated this space at all and it's been the first Ooh. time i've been like oh oh my god i forgot how i forgot where i have to meet that person i've forgotten like where how i have to bring them on a completely different onboarding journey to those who are like on crypto twitter all the time and so like yeah i think it's really important to bring more of those people in so and especially in radar like i talked about that kind of balance of like skill sets and mindsets Mm -hmm. and perspectives and you know it's all about creating these intersections of humans where someone goes wait hang on like my worldview and your worldview like let's put a, you know if we are talking web3 like let's put an nft dgen with a public health expert mm-hmm. and let them yeah. you know, let them talk about web3 public health not not you know let's not put a bunch of web3 people talking about web3 public health so it's yeah. like it's you know that's um it's like and then you can think you know put scientists with creatives and you know put everyone with everyone basically because that's that cross-pollination is what's so exciting i love the diversity aspect and like in terms of skill level like navigating in the space and then like fields that they're actually a part of i'm excited to see that in fruition soon and Mm. yeah (laughs) and and yeah just i I guess I can say like what we're doing right now. So so what we're doing right now is um, today after this call, we'll hopefully be doing a little signal session at our town hall on our um, our article, which will be our first collective article together as a community. Um, the focus is on um, is going to be on curation, which was selected by the community through an emoji vote. Um, now it's a case of like, you know, someone or multiple members of the community picking that up creating it, writing it, sourcing it, speaking to experts, you know, exploring it, and then that will be published. Another thing we've got going live is very, very soon, and I'm very excited about, um, we'll be collaborating again with Coinvice to bring in um, the tipping bot into the Discord and, you know, creating some gratitude, because I think it's really important, like, tips shouldn't be there as these kind of, like, 
you know, um, carrot on a stick kind of vibe. It's more mm-hmm. about appreciation of other people and the appreciative time they give. And also when someone just shares something, you're like, oh my God, that's what I was looking for. Like, that's what I need. Yeah. And it's there. And so, um, you know, really excited about bringing tipping in. Uh, and then at the end of this month, beginning of next month is when we'll be launching our um, radar platform where we'll have community curated uh, discoveries. Um, we have a bot in the Discord server, which uh, will allow curators to divide up content into different topics and different trend pillars, and that will be um, featured on the site. So that's all to come over the next couple of weeks, um, and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited with what Radar is doing. Honestly, I want to, this just gave me um, motivation to actually explore spaces even more. Makes me want to think about the future even more or like, you know, look for podcasts or like think something to to think about. Yeah, and I think think as yeah. I think as well, like bringing your your narrative and your voice into Radar and like, you know, where you're based at the moment, where I'm based at the mm-hmm. moment, like these are all different perspectives than the kind of Eurocentric or American-centric, you know, um, narrative that dominates a lot of the Web3 space. And so, you know, that's super exciting as well. And, and please do um, lean in even more and keep sharing you know your stories because that's what um radar's about and i think we're very conscious of not just falling into the trap where hey we just create these trend reports which are all you know it's actually one of our members produced an amazing um analysis of hundreds of reports and found that you know his top three takeaways were all trends are based in first world problems, right? They're all first world problems. Mm-hmm. Like what happens if we visited tre- what trends are emerging, you know, in yeah. in uh, in places that people don't have the privilege to sit there and go like, oh, look at this cultural shift. You know, that's a different perspective that we want to start bringing through. It's not easy. You know, I'm not going to say it's going to happen straight away. We, we will yeah. also probably fall into that trap, but um, it's super, you know, I'm I'm really pro- trying to, as hard as we can to, to thoughtfully build in that way. You had me before this convo and you, <laughs> you know, made me double down because I mean, if you know me, I'm like very vocal about how Web3 is very Western centric. And so I highly appreciate that, you know, you're actually making an effort to do something about it. And I've also seen this with how, you know, Protein had like, for example, initiatives with like how most of the applications that they've received is more fo- more on men and not from women. So, and then from there, it's being addressed that, hey, we have to reach out to more women in the space so that, you know, it's not really just purely men in the community. So... Yeah, I 100% trust you with that. Um, (laughs) No pressure, but I will not. I will. Yeah, exactly. I will not let you down. I'll I'll try and not let you down. All right, guys. Thank you so. Thank you so much. I'm going to drop my social in here as well, and feel free to um, drop me a message on Twitter, like for anything. Um, Always happy to chat. Always happy to chat futures. 
um and yeah i appreciate you all and, and thanks as well for giving me again another platform uh after the last one with protein so no super good fun to be here always and thank you coin vice it always always backing up backing us up sure thing always happy to have you here fancy thank you so much for for joining us this week at creator stories and yeah and yeah we'll see you next week here at creator stories see y'all we'll see you soon all right bye thank you thank you